Oh, is that his name? Yeah, Lewis T. Duck. I thought he was called Lois Pedo. Oh, I was expecting her to have a dick. I learnt my lesson. I've never been into Top Man since. <laughs> and any time anyone's mentioned Top Man, or I've seen Top Man in trouble in the cells, I've gone, ah, oh, those fucking pricks. This is a Standard Nerds podcast. How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids' TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello, Liz. Oi, oi, Savaloi. How's it going? Yeah, going good. Yeah? Is that is that the correct response to how's it going? I think so. It yeah. can be. It's, yeah. There's a few acceptable ones. We'll go with that. It's going right along the track. Good. Buddy boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the train is fully into this. I don't know where I'm going with this I have no metaphor. idea what we're talking no, about. No We've idea. never said these phrases to each Not other at all. Before. This is just mad. Anyway, it is another episode of How Do You Like Me Now? And it is my pick this Yeah, time. which always worries me. Uh... I don't know why. I pick excellent things. Okay. Solid gold. Nothing, go on then. Nothing but net. So this week we are going to be watching something which brings joy into my heart because this is one of those things that as a kid I absolutely loved. One of my best friends loved it. So we had a shared experience of this and it just makes me happy. And it's also got an amazing theme tune. Can I just stop you? Because you've got a smirk. So I know you're fucking me over. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm really not. Okay. 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 We're going to be watching a stop motion classic, Charlie Chalk. What? Charlie Chalk. You liked Charlie Chalk. I fucking love Charlie Chalk. Did anyone really love Charlie Who Chalk? Who didn't love Charlie Chalk? Is it stop motion? Yeah, I will fight whoever didn't like Charlie Chalk. Maybe I'm thinking of Penny Crayon. I think you're thinking of Penny Crayon. Penny Crayon was drawn animation where she had a magic crayon. Hence, Penny Crayon. What did Charlie Chalk have? Charlie Chalk was a clown who was shipwrecked on an island. What? Yeah, he was just called Charlie Chalk. Oh, then I'm definitely thinking of Penny Crayon. Yeah, you're thinking of Penny Crayon. Because <laughs> I, <thought, laughs> I thought he was a bloke with a chalk. That drew stuff. <laughs> called Penny Crayon? No, called Charlie Chalk, obviously. Charlie Chalk. I don't think I've seen Charlie Chalk. Okay, well then this is going to be great. This is going to be a new experience you. For know you know how people always say Charlie Chalk? I don't, I don't think I ever knew what it was. People say chalk and cheese. I don't know many people saying Charlie Chalk. No, no, no. I mean, not just in conversation, but when they say, oh yeah, I used to love Charlie Chalk. I think I've always thought that I knew what that was, but I've never seen it. You don't have. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. This is brilliant. This is really... I really love Charlie Chalk. Okay, tell me some of the things you loved about it. Okay. Charlie Chalk was stop-motion animation, as I've said. It was set on a desert island where Charlie was marooned. He had uh, a few friends, one of whom was a pink elephant. Okay. Another one was uh, an ape, I think. And another one was a sea captain. Looked like Captain Birdseye or Captain Crunch. More like Captain Crunch. Okay. And he... Did you say he was a clown? Yeah, he's a clown. Why is a clown marooned? I mean, I, I couldn't say for sure, but mm. I would imagine he does not have the requisite skill set to effect a successful rescue from a desert island. Do you know, I'm not feeling excited about this because I'll tell you for why, right? <laughs> tell me for why. I've never, I've never really got into the stop motion animation. You know this about me. Yeah, I do know this. This has thing. been covered on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And also, I never really got into Lost. <laughs> or the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. Okay. This is very much like a lost castaway like mishmash, but I, much better and much earlier. I just feel like alone well not alone, but you know, with your elephant on a desert island is not my thing. I mean, if anything, I would say that Lost and 
Castaway have ripped off Charlie Chalk. Well, They've taken the worst elements of Charlie Chalk, mm, being trapped on a desert island, yeah. and gone into a uh, you know, Seri- thing. serious drama. Whereas if they kept the best elements of Charlie Chalk being Charlie Chalk, yeah. characters, colourful backdrops, the boat, and the awesome theme tune. Because mm, Lost was quite a big hit, but if it had been about off a the clown... Rails, though. And a pink elephant, you think it would have been more realistic? I mean, I think if it if Lost had been about a clown and a pink elephant around series three, mm. when it really got crap, I would have probably gone, yeah, okay, I can believe that. This is as believable as polar bears for no reason. And we're now back in the 70s. Well, spoiler alert if you uh, haven't... Oh, yeah, sorry, spoiler alert for Lost. If, if anyone, you haven't watched if Lost If anyone's yet. Still, not making, <laughs> still making their way through... <laughs> We've watched things years behind, so don't, don't mock me That's when true. I do my spoiler alerts. <laughs> okay, so anything else to pre-warn me about Charlie Chalk? Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything in there that I should really... There's nothing really to warn you about. It's going to be a joyful experience. You know when you say stop-motion animation? Yeah. Do you mean he's a little clay clown man? Well... Is it clay? I, I, if it, it, This is the thing I'm not sure. If it is clay, it's so, very, very smooth clay. Like, you can't tell that it's clay, I mean, if that makes sense. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it could be like... Like, honestly... It could be like I painted s- wood. It could be... Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. As a kid, I wasn't really concerned about the build materials of Charlie Chalk. Well, I tell you now, I probably, texturally, I'm against it. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it a go. Good. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited. So we're (laughs) we're going to go away and watch some Charlie Chalk, and we will report back. Duncan, I'm blamed. And we're back. So Liz, Charlie Chalk, one of my childhood favourites. What do you think? Where was the chalk? What do you you mean? Where was the chalk? The chalk was on his face and all over the set. What? Chalk paint. That's like the the white thing on his face. Oh, oh, that's disappointing. I thought it would be a, a chalk-based drama. Well, I mean, it's quite sort of chalk-like in the look of it. But you no. thought it'd be a chalk. You thought Charlie Chalk would be a chalk-based drama. All I'm saying is, Penny Crayon, she got her crayon out. Right. <laughs> she did. Charlie Chalk didn't get his chalk out. Well, not in the episodes we saw, but you know, after dark on a deserted island, who knows what he gets up to? Who knows? Him and Captain Mildred. But, I mean, he's still magic, much like Penny Crayon. You know, he can do magic tricks. Magic was very underused, you know? Very underused. He's magic for, like, one thing that he needs to do each episode. Yeah. The rest of the time he just does everything the long-ass way. I'll put it out there. He's a fairly lazy clown. So he's a clown, right? Yeah. And if I understood the intro correctly, he was fishing in his boat one day, fell asleep, Woke up on a desert island and did nothing about it. He was like, oh, okay, I live here now. Well, I mean, I'll put it to you in the intro. He basically went out on a boat one day to do some sleeping and some fishing. So he's already intending to fall asleep on the boat. But he wasn't intending to relocate, was he? No, I don't think he was. Because when he first arrives on the... Uh, should backtrack. We watched, obviously, the first ever episode of Charlie Jock. And so we see him arrive on the island for the first time. And Charlie, you know, he rocks up on a deserted island, has no idea where he is. And so he starts exploring. No, but my reaction to being on a desert island that I wasn't expecting to be on would be, oh shit, how do I get home? Not, well, I guess I, this is my house now, so I, I, I better just 
make the best of it. You're just not as chill as Charlie Chalk. And also, it's a gorgeous island. Who wouldn't want to live there? A gorgeous island? Yeah, Are you taking beautiful. the piss? No, it's bright, it's colourful, there are always permanent blue skies, there's coconut the palm trees. And... He, there are a couple of trees on it, and the second he gets there, he starts getting attacked by coconuts flying at him. And the creatures that appear on it, it's like the island of Dr Moreau or something. <laughs> the animals in this are the freakiest fucking animals I have, I have ever seen. I have ever seen. Okay, no, These on. are the worst animals. These are no way the freakiest animals we've ever seen. Let's go through them, okay? So you've got Edward, I the don't... narcoleptic monkey. Right, he was my least favourite. <gasps> How could you? Because, not in his character, in that he looks nothing like a monkey. He's not in any way a monkey. What? He looks like your uncle, who has a gorilla costume, but lost the original feet to it, so just wears patent leather shoes. Is he wearing patent leather shoes? Yes. What? He has patent leather shoes on and a straw boater and a red tie. Yeah. He looks nothing like a monkey. Right, okay. If you're going to say that the only reason he doesn't look like a monkey is because he's wearing clothes, I've got three words for you. PG Tips advert. No, 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 no. I mean, we shouldn't bring that up. That's, you know... Um, terrible uh, animal abuse. Yes. No, seriously, his face looks like... Okay, this isn't the most flattering comparison, but it looks like an engorged tick. <laughs> a tick attached wow. to the skin. Wow, it does not look like an engorged tick. It looks a like huge, a monkey. A huge blue bulb, his face. It's not blue. It's a bit blue. It, it's like beige colour. No, it's blue. I Not honestly, blue. it's like a blue grey. Right, we're putting okay. up some photos of Edward. And the rest of him is just sort of fur that's been loosely put around it. There is no attempt to make him look like a chimp. He look, he looks, or any type of monkey. He looks like a monkey. Is he meant to be a chimp or a gorilla? Or he's a, meant to be a monkey. That's he's not, all a, they capuch- say he's not monkey. a capuchin. I don't think they're going to get that specific. No, this is, this is I tell you why. Because it looks shit. It doesn't look like any kind of fucking monkey. That's why they don't specify. It doesn't oh look my, like any of them. I can't believe this. I Edward I was not is happy of, with Edward. Edward is one of my favourite characters. I think he's just great fun. I think you know he's he's got a fantastic, wonderfully lilting voice. He's always got a giant smile on his face. He's grinning all the time. He's always got a giant smile on his face. Of course he has. It's painted on. He's carrying. He's wearing a boater. Who doesn't want to see a monkey in a boater? I don't know. Other monkeys? Well, what, jealous monkeys? They want their own boater. Probably, yeah. The boater went out of fashion in like the 80s, didn't it? In the 80s, in the 1880s. The man. 1880s. No, I think Elton John brought it back briefly in the 1980s. Oh, yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's the last time that that was a good look. So unless Edward is going to an Elton John lookalike competition, I don't know why he's wearing Very a boater. Much, this is from the 80s itself. So then he was on trend. He might well be, you know, Edward, the monkey who's inspired by the fashions of Elton John. Maybe. But if that was true, I wish one of them was like, you know, inspired by punk. Um, you know, another one's like a kind of glam rock, you know. There's one who's inspired by punk, Lewis T. Duck. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, Lewis T. Duck. I and thought he was called Lois Pedo. <laughs> Lois P. Liz, who would write a character into a children's show and call it Lois Pedo? Well, I, I thought maybe Pedo wasn't didn't have the same connotation then. You think Pedo is one of those words that's been co-opted? Well, obviously it's a shortening of a word, so I thought maybe it just hadn't been shortened at that time, and that the duck's name was Lois Pedo. 
No. When he comes on the first time, he introduces himself. As Lewis he T. Goes, Duck. I'm Lewis P. Duck. <laughs> No, he doesn't. He says, I'm Lewis T. Duck. Okay, well, he could have been clearer with his enunciation. <laughs> I know he's got a beak, but I definitely heard pedo. Okay. okay. I mean, if you'd said to me it was P. Duck, I'd have accepted that. But T. Duck? He yes. didn't say T. Duck. He did say T. Duck. Do you know what the T stands for? I would love to know. The. Oh, dear. <laughs> Even as I said it, I thought, no, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's going to be the. But no, he's a bit punk. He's the only one who complains about the sun being too hot, but wears a heavy woolen coat all the time. He, that, that's that's not punk. That's an old man at a bus stop. No, he's not sacrificing his ideals. He's being authentic to himself. He wore that coat since the seventies, and he's going to carry on wearing that coat. Really? That's well. That's what you think, Lois Pedo's right backstory okay, is. Not Lois Pedo. Lewis T. Duck. You know, he's he's there. He's wearing his hat, his green trousers. Sorry, do you think that being a punk is about owning a coat for a long time? No, of course. It's certainly part of it. <laughs> I just you never see punks in H and M, right? You never see it. <laughs> You're not allowed in H and M, aren't you? I'm not. <laughs> oh no, no, it's Top it's Shop. Top Man, I'm not allowed in. Thank you very <laughs> not much. Allowed in top I'm man. not allowed in Top Man. <laughs> I mean, I am allowed in Top Man, but. Like, there's no, like, law banning me from going... It's not like there's a sign-up saying no will trains allowed. In. No, it's just that your look makes you a target if you go into a top man, doesn't it? Well, my... Okay, right. Well, look, there's a story behind this, which I should probably say for the benefit of anyone listening. Several years ago, I went with my then-housemates. We decided to go down to Hastings for a day out because, you know, we live fairly close. To it was like an hour away. We could do it. So we said, we'll go to Hastings for a day out. Few flaws with this. One, it was December. Yeah. Two, I'd said, let's leave in the morning. We can have a day there. They said, sure, no problem. Didn't count how lazy my housemates would be. We left at half past two in the afternoon for a day out in Hastings. We got to Hastings. It was cold, wet, dark, and blowing a Force 10 gale. Yeah, sounds like Hastings. So, yeah, so we parked up and we, I said, okay, what do you want to do? And they said, well, we haven't got any money. So I said, right, okay, so we can't go for any food. We can't go to any of the arcades. What do you want to do? And they said, one of them said, well, I'd like to get some more jeans because his skinny jeans had gone completely. Because this, this was the era when skinny jeans were a big thing, kids. And Skinny jeans are still in. There's still people wearing skinny jeans. I don't know what you're saying, old man. <laughs> Keep going with this story. So <laughs> we end up going to Top Man and we get into Top Man and Dan, I'll name him, Dan, goes and asks for some skinny jeans. And me and Mimi are stood there waiting. And as we stood there waiting, basically, because you know, there's a lot of people moving around, it was close to Christmas, we stood in a bit of a line. The guy chatting to Dan, Dan goes, have you got these in a different size? He goes, oh yeah, one second. Leans, leans around Dan and Mimi and goes, oh, oh yeah, it's just out the back through there to me. I go, what? And he goes, oh sorry mate, I thought you had fixed the snow machine. <laughs> right? I looked so out of place in Top Man, they assumed I had to be there for maintenance and no other reason. There was no other possible reason for me to be in Top Man unless I was there to perform a specific non-clothing related job. I love that story and I'd forgotten that it was the snow machine and that it was at Christmas because at Christmas you'd think it could be buying presents but even then 
They didn't even, even think then. you'd stroll in to buy a gift. You wouldn't even know someone who would want something from Top Man. And this is the thing, okay? I wasn't like wearing a boiler suit and carrying a tool bag. No. I was wearing normal clothes. I was wearing jeans. I was wearing a long black coat. Quite a smart long black coat, thank you. And a jumper, right? I did not look like any kind of workman. If I did, I looked like the most ill-prepared workman in the world. Right. It was um. Was it that long black coat that looks a bit like uh, Dwight Schrute's from The Office? No, it does not look like Dwight Schrute's in The Office. It looks like I'm an upscale, out and about gentleman. Was it the jumper with the two holes in? No, it was not you that jumper with two holes in. No, it may have been that jumper. It did not have two holes in at that point. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> about at the time then, again, it was a fashionable jumper, right? It was a good-looking mild jumper with like a nice rib neck. You know, it was fine. It was a fine jumper. It did not make me look like a fucking repairman. Do you know that as you describe it, the people at home listening to this are realising more and more why you looked out of place in Top Man? Fuck me. I mean, right, you know what? I just... I learnt my lesson. I've never been into Top Man since. And any time anyone's mentioned Top Man, or I've seen Top Man in trouble in the cells, I've gone, ah, those fucking pricks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we should really get back to Charlie Chalk. Right, okay. I don't know how we got onto Top Man. I can't remember either. Anyway. We were talking about the characters, though, I think. We were. So there's another one I do want to ask you about, because uh, we've talked about uh, Edward and we've talked about Lewis. So Arnold. You will have to remind me. I'm not great with names. Arnold was the big pink elephant in the yellow dungarees. Okay, yeah. We didn't see that much of him, because he no. was barely in the first episode. But I have to say, he reminded me a lot, a lot of Bing Bong from the Pixar movie Inside Out. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot, a lot of Bing Bong in, in Arnold. There, I, th- I mean, there really is. There's something about the sort of I don't know the sadness of the face and the he is uh, Bing Bong's not all elephant. He's bits of animals, isn't he? Yeah, but he mostly looks like an elephant. He looks like an elephant to me. And yeah, there's something really familiar. They're like s- similar between the two of yeah. them. I guess I didn't really mind him. I, he wasn't on screen enough. For me to hate him. And even though he was pink, he did look like an elephant. Yeah, I mean, he did look like an elephant because he was an elephant. And Edward looks like a monkey because he is a monkey. And Lewis looks like a duck because he is a duck. And the rabbits look like rabbits because they are rabbits. Ah, the rabbits, yes. They do look like rabbits because they have two tall ears. But they look like rabbits that were like a gift to a Victorian child that have been left in a drawer and been moth-eaten and are now in a museum and there's only raggedy little bits of fur and they sort of still look like rabbits because they're on the skeleton of a rabbit but they're really, really sad looking. This is horrendous for you to be shitting all over one of my favourite shows as a kid because they look like rabbits. I really thought you'd be used to it by now. (laughs) They look like rabbits, though. What do you? What more do you want from? They're not going to look pristine. They look out of place if they looked like incredibly pristine rabbits. Would they? Yeah, they would. I would like it if everything looked like the animal it was supposed to be. They do look like the animals they're supposed to be. Not good versions. Oh my god, this is outrageous. But with that, let's let's talk about the human characters now. All right. Yes. So you've already said you're disappointed that there's not any chalk-based plot in Charlie Chalk. Yes, absolutely. What do you think about Charlie generally as a character? He's a bit thick. (laughs) He is really quite thick. But he's endearing. Um, No, I wasn't endeared. I was annoyed. Really? Yeah. Like, first moment you see him, 
he, he's sort of on the island and he goes, oh, we're just, just me and you here talking to the camera. And I'm like, all right, Charlie, we don't, I don't know you. <laughs> and then, then You're deeply sceptical as a child. And then a ball hits him and yeah. he's like, oh, where did that come from? And he thinks that it's come from a talking hedge. Yeah. He doesn't assume that there's an animal in the hedge or a person in the hedge. He assumes that the hedge is talking. And then even when he meets a rabbit, and the rabbit says there's another rabbit, he still doesn't clock that there are no talking hedges. I mean, he doesn't, but I put it to you, Liz, he's been adrift at sea, potentially for days, with no supplies. Never said that. It never said he was adrift for days. He doesn't have, like, stubble or, you know, desperate for water. There is no sign that he's been adrift for days. It looks like he's had a quick snooze. (laughs) But he doesn't know where he is, and he must have travelled some distance to not know where he is. Because if he'd fallen asleep, like from one bit and gone, "Ah, oh, there's an island over there," you know, if it was within sight, he'd know where he was. Like, oh, I'm on that island I saw. But if he's drifted, he's drifted over the horizon to get to this island. He's gone some distance in a little rowboat, asleep. We're suspending a lot of belief that he would even have made it to an island and not died. Yeah, I mean, there is a question, which is, how did this clown end up on an island? Well, maybe he's not really there. Maybe the whole thing is like a... A fever dream. A fever dream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, might, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, an alcohol-induced fever dream, that's why he's seeing a pink elephant. Oh, that does make sense. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It doesn't make me like it anymore. <laughs> See, I still like it. I think there could be more entertaining fever dreams that we could have watched. Oh, shame. Well, I want to ask you a bit about... The, you were doing the human characters. Yeah, human characters. So, Charlie, though, you know, let's go through some of the theme tune. He can teach you how to juggle. He can get you out of trouble. How can he get me out of trouble? He got himself to a desert island and can't get back. So he can't get himself out of trouble. Well, he manages to build a house that satisfies everyone's likes. Yeah, but I didn't like it's that. His own, even though it's his own house. You know, he... Uh, I didn't like that plot, because that told me he has no balls. Because he doesn't say to any of them, actually, I'll decide where I build my house. Because they all come along and they're like, don't build it there. They're like, they're proper sort of nimbies, you know. Don't, don't you don't want to be doing that. Oh, no, it'd be too hot there. Oh, no, it'd be too cold there. Oh, no, if it rains. Oh, no, if it's windy. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. So they're all popping along. He doesn't say to them, hey, back off. I'm a magical clown. I know how to build a house. <laughs> doesn't he just he just takes it and then he's like oh i'll put it on wheels will everybody be happy then i mean what sort of character is that for kids he should have a backbone charlie chalk is weak as piss no this is a this is you're misunderstanding the whole point of kids tv it's about collaboration right he does it you know he's come to this island this is his this is day one and he's already concussed he's been hit on the head by three fucking coconuts right he needs all the assistance he can to get the lay of the land he doesn't know where anything is I mean, speaking of collaboration, the whole place is a barter economy. Oh, yeah. Which I do find interesting Mm. because it's it's overtly political, this. Yes, it really is. It really is. The human characters, I presume, have, have split off from society in order to create their perfect society on a desert island. Well, this is the thing. I mean, as far as I'm aware... Captain... Um, if you tell me a backstory that isn't that, I won't accept it. <laughs> no, Captain Mildred, she, I believe, is shipwrecked on the island. Right. But how did Trader Jones get there? Trader Jones is the one that interests he's me. He's always been there. I think he's like a like a Prospero kind of thing. It's his island. You know, yeah. he runs the place. 
Yeah, I, I, I felt very much that Trader Jones is operating everything behind the scenes. Yeah. He leaves a lot of the daily admin to Captain Mildred. Mm. She is... She's very jolly hockey sticks. She is very jolly hockey sticks. She's, all right, everybody, this is what we're going to do on the island. You do that, you do that, I'll do this, I'll do this. You know, that's... You must, A, do this, and B, do this. Oh, yeah, she likes listing things, doesn't she? Does she does like listing she A and a B. and B. and B. Yes, she does. Yeah, so Captain Mildred is... I think they try and do a reveal of, oh, Captain Mildred's a woman. <laughs> they don't say, oh, Captain Mildred's a woman, but... They do say the captain, go find the captain, and then you see that it's a woman, and Charlie Chalk sort of looks at you like, "Oh, I was expecting her to have a dick." <laughs> um, <laughs> that whole gender reveal thing would have worked better on me if there were any other female characters. There are other female. Well, there's one other female character who comes into it. There's not in this episode. Not though, in is this there? episode. No. In this episode, all of them are men. And then they made the captain a woman to sort of say, we don't hate women, we just forgot they existed. Which is very, very common for the time. I'm not, I'm not particularly down on it. I've watched a lot of things that were all dudes and enjoyed them. But Captain Mildred... What, 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 what are you laughing at? <laughs> you watched a lot of things that were all dudes and enjoyed them. Yeah. Any, great, any examples? Great Escape. Great Escape. That's the number one thing that I thought of when I said <laughs> all dudes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That should be like the thing now. This is an all-male production, like The Great Escape. <laughs> Master and Commander. Master and Commander. Yes, there's no women in Master and Commander, are there? If there are, they basically don't need to be there. <laughs> well, I still like this all dudes. Um, I don't like Saving Ma- Private Ryan. Never seen it. <laughs> I don't like mob movies. No. They don't generally feature women. War. Anything with war, probably. Westerns. Don't like westerns. Really. Fistful of dollars, I think. That's I don't got like very westerns. Uh, you never know when John Wayne might come in. <laughs> anyway, but Captain Mildred, I didn't, I didn't have a big problem with her, but she is really kind of dictatorial. You know, like this feels like it should be a very easygoing society. Mm-hmm. You know, they barter for goods. They all get along and cooperate. Everybody's expected to pitch in in the same way. And yet Captain Mildred definitely elevates herself, which is always the classic problem with communism, isn't it? Is that there's always someone who wants to take advantage of that system, put themselves above others and reap the benefits of others' labour. All island dwellers are equal, but some are more equal than others. It could be that. It could be that. It could be that Trader Jones, the original founder of the island, has ceded too much ground to Captain Mildred. He was the visionary. He had the ideals and he was happy to let her take over the running, thinking that she would stick to that. But she deviates and goes her own course. And he then doesn't want to put forward any kind of military or otherwise sort of... You're saying Jones wasn't willing to stage a coup. He's not willing to stage a coup to take back the power. He, I think he is fairly hands-off. You know, I, I very much got that impression from as soon as I saw him. Maybe the, the cake box upside down on his head. <laughs> I mean, it's a look. It's a look. I, one thing I would say, I mean, Captain Mildred is meant to be a parody of Thatcher. She absolutely reads as Thatcher to me. I was yeah. gonna I was gonna say that actually, because she because of the time it's in, obviously. Yeah. She's got that kind of 
very the conservative the little englander kind yes. of you know that kind of power yeah that kind of oh well come along this is how i want it and it's for the good of everyone so you're bound to agree she reminded me essentially of half of the teachers at my school and my brownie pack leaders and <laughs> anyone who i've ever seen at a village fate yes the wi all of these <laughs> things you will you will see a captain mildred there is a little bit of that in everything but Trader Jones, like you say, is the counterpoint to Yeah, Mildred. I loved him. He was actually... Trader Jones, I... Trader Jones, I thought, was wonderful. You know, he's he's got all this, like, hair. He's just nose, basically. He's... And these bottle... The um, bottle rim... What are they called? Those glasses that are, like, the end of bottles. Milk bottle... Milk bottle glasses. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, NHS specs. Yeah, you know? like, super thick. Yeah, that's that's all that the socialist state would provide him. But, yeah. No, no, he's... He wonderful he's got like a, a a turtleneck kind of a jumper big wide leg trousers and he 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 runs this this trading he runs a shop yeah he does run a store and, and the taxi service and the taxi service and he's got a big ledger of what everybody has owes in terms of days of work and what everybody has bought from the shop and how, and, the, and the exchange rate for those so he's running the economy really yeah he's running she's, the soviet uh, she's taking over the administrative side and very much an enforcer because there there are shirkers you know uh, the sleeping elephant uh, sleeping gorilla <laughs> is a shirker so she's the enforcer but he he has all the ideals and he's in charge of the economy. I loved him. I think he has he has founded this. I think he's a brilliant character. I mean, I love particularly his voice, which I think is just goes down in the Hall of Fame of animated character voices. Brilliant things like when he first meets Charlie and he's like, Hop on, I'll give you a lift. Yes. And then he gives him his card and he goes, no, no, keep it for your files. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's brilliant. I do, you know, what sort of files would A... <laughs> A clown have, and B, you need after you've been shipwrecked on a exactly. desert island. Shipwrecked clowns admin needs are minimal at best. He's amazing, though. I just, I felt like he's founded this whole place, and, I, you know, he's not even, he's beyond, like, communism or Marxism. He's just got done reading Proudhon. He's, like, <laughs> he's got an entire world of talking animals and then, he, you know, Captain Mildred's joined in and he's gone, oh, I can't really be bothered, I'll just let her get on with it. I just, I thought the whole as thing was As long as no one messes with me bureaucracy, I've got my tally system worked out well. You must have your files, you've got to keep files of things. This is why he clings onto the files. Yeah. Exactly. This is why this is going right for everything. I mean, the bit I loved, he's, he has the only shop on the island. Yeah. He's one of three humans on this island, right? Once Charlie arrives, there's only two of them before. And when Charlie comes into his shop, he goes, we don't get many clients this time of day. What? <laughs> I think it's a joke. I think it's he's a brilliant got a, joke. I think he's got a very dry sense of humour. He's, he, he's saying to him, well, it's nice to have uh, customers because I made a shop when there were no people. <laughs> he is providing services and utilities even though there's nobody there to use them. Yeah, the whole economy of this island is based on coconuts, which fall freely from everywhere. Every tree you go up to, you can get coconuts. Yes, that is interesting, isn't it? And we're skipping ahead to the second episode, which was the coconut harvest. Mm. Yes, they all help with the harvesting of the coconuts, although it's been established in the first episode that the coconuts just fall down. There's no need to harvest them. Yep. But yeah, then they're going to be paid in the coconuts that they themselves harvested. 
which they will then go back to Trader Joe's shop to trade for more things. So Trader Joe's is effectively creating so many more steps just to get his coconut collection going. Maybe I've been taken in by his lovely bushy beard. <laughs> because have. he's corrupt, isn't he? Because Proudhon would say that, you know... The, the, <laughs> <laughs> property, very deep. The only property that you can own is that which you've made yourself. So if you harvested those coconuts, but he has no right to them, but they're the product of your labour. And so you uh, yourself, <laughs> you yourself own the coconuts, so they can't be given back to you. And so that you have no freedom unless your your coconuts are your own. All property is theft, Trader Jones. That's that's exactly it. Yes. That's exactly the concept. And so. Um, yeah, I think this. I think this state is corrupt, and it's gone off the rails, and that's why I can't endorse Charlie Chalk. Here's a question. Yeah. Why do Edward and Charlie both have umbrellas? It's a good question. I mean, I would say that Charlie brought him with him, and it's just you know he's always had it because he, I'm assuming, came from somewhere with more rain. But I don't know. I don't know about. <laughs> so uh, I just thought I'd just reach out the point to get us away from from the downfall free market economics on this island. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair <coughs> point. Do you want to talk about Mary the Hover Fairy? Absolutely, I want to talk about Mary the Hover Fairy and her song, She's One of the New Kind of Fairies. Oh, oh, my goodness. When Mary the Hover Fairy came in, okay, I was like, she's got a lovely lilting accent, hasn't she? She has. She's got a Welsh accent. Mm-hmm. Lovely lilting Welsh accent. And then almost immediately, she started to sing. So my, the, if you could have charted my emotions, there would have been a soaring upwards of, oh, what a lovely accent, and then a crashing, crashing down when I heard her sing. I mean, it's a real shame that this is not, like, a, we don't video us watching them, because any time there's a couple of notes of refrain and a song's about to start, there's a look that comes into your eyes of absolute fear and dread. I don't love bad songs. And kids' television features mostly bad songs. It's songs that they shoehorn in the plot or whatever they're trying to teach you. And the, there's no rhyme. There's no melody. They're usually dreadful. <laughs> I hate it. I, one of the worst things about going back to kids' TV is realising they just put a fucking song in anywhere. Yeah. They just they just shove it in anything. Got to have a song. Got to have a no, song. No, Mary the Hover Fairy didn't need a song. Nobody had a song the first episode, no. apart what? from the theme tune. Yeah, which which is an amazing theme tune. That it's, is an amazing song in itself. It's an okay theme tune. I wouldn't put it up there with the best theme tunes we've had. I think it's well up there. I mean, it's got a bit of guitar going. It's got some noodling. Charlie Chuck, Charlie Chuck, got a wacky way of walking and a wacky way of talking. Charlie Chuck, that's brilliant. Yeah, it was okay. I enjoyed the animation that went along with it. Yeah, because although the the show is like clay and stop or, motion. Uh, yeah. Stop motion. The theme tunes accompanied by a cartoon. Yeah. Which looked like quite an old school kind of. I don't know. It re- really reminded me of something, but I couldn't quite get it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's got that kind of almost like kind of sixties kind yeah. of vibe to it, and everything's like collage almost. This looking. is a weird reference, but I tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the titles to a Carry On film. Yes. 
Yeah. It's a bit like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit like that. It's a little bit as well like the animated bits from Monty Python, uh, mm-hmm. Flying mm-hmm. Circus, the original series, like those those bits there where everything is kind of collage and moves at, at pace. It's got yep. a real sort of feeling like that. Yeah. So the background to Mary the Hover Fairy, obviously it's the coconut harvest and everyone has a job, but you know it goes badly because they put Edward, the narcoleptic monkey, in charge of counting. Yes. And obviously... He starts counting coconuts, he's going to fall asleep. Counting is a classic way to fall asleep. Yeah, absolutely it is. Counting sheep, yeah, the, the but usual, but imagine, coconuts still works. For a monkey especially. Especially for a monkey. Especially count, for a monkey. The only other thing, counting bananas. If he was counting bananas, he'd be asleep even quicker. Wait, do you think we count sheep because we want to eat them? Oh my God, I hadn't thought that until literally this moment. No, I'm just saying that because that was your logic. Well, no, I think it's just things that yeah, we, we, think, yeah, we, we think of. Like, people like sheep. They think of sheep as soothing. No one ever gets talked about getting attacked by sheep. I don't think that's true. Really? You, you've known people who've been attacked by sheep? No, but there is a movie called Black Sheep. Yeah, there is. But I believe those are zombie sheep infected in like a 28 Days Later style. It still means that somebody out there went, I can make sheep scary. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's also it's in New Zealand where there are more sheep than people. And that in itself, with any animal, is a frightening dynamic when you think about it. No, I wouldn't be scared if there were more butterflies than people. Really? Really? Like, if you knew for a fact you were outnumbered three to one by butterflies and you could see them everywhere, like the birds. What are you talking about? Three to one? Yeah, like three to one. So that means me seeing three butterflies? No, no, like the population of the Earth, three to one, but it's more than like your share of butterflies are on you at that moment. If I told you now that there were 20 billion butterflies in the world, you'd be afraid. No, but if you said to me now there are 20 billion butterflies in the world, I looked out the window and there were 500 million of the damn things sat in the garden, I'd be like, something's going on. I'd be nervous, right? Not for them so much as to what the shit is going on. That, I, I mean, I can see that, especially if they moved en masse. Yeah, I mean, like the birds. Okay, birds in themselves, not that terrifying. But when you've suddenly got thousands of the fuckers descending on you, slightly terrifying. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. And if you're a bit scared of the movie The Birds, read the short story The Birds, because I still think about it all the time. It's the bleakest thing I've ever read. Just a quick shout out. This <laughs> is the thing. If you want something bleak, which probably right now you don't. <laughs> when it, what I'm saying is when it comes to animals in horror situations, volume is key. Volume or size, okay? You think, anaconda, that's one giant snake. Snakes on a plane, that's a fuck ton of normal size snakes. Okay? <laughs> Both scary situations, okay? So you'd be afraid of a giant sheep or a fuck ton of sheep? Yeah, basically, I think okay. is what I say. <laughs> I think so. I think we would. So the reason that counting sheep is relaxing is you're checking a fuck ton hasn't arrived. Exactly, that's it. You're going one at a time in an orderly fashion, get these sheep out of the way. Right? Got there's you. one, there's two, there's three. That, that's it, right? Okay, That that's that's the logic there, right? That's great. Anyway, they're having a coconut harvest. Before, though, we do get a great little bit of negotiation between Trader Jones and Mildred. Oh, yes, we do. If you want to talk about economy, this is great. (laughs) Because I know I said I didn't really love Mildred, but she knows her worth, okay? Because she got three coconuts last year, and Trader Jones tries to offer her the same for her work this year. And first she says... What about inflation? Which seems like a bit of a weak argument because I don't. I presume they're in charge of inflation. Yeah, and the coconut economy. A twenty-five percent inflation increase in the coconut economy actually seems really like overegging it quite a lot. De- he goes up to four. Def- but it's one of the problems with the barter economy is the the unit size. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yes, and she wants eight coconuts. Which is just insane. Which is frankly insane. It's far too many. But she she manages to haggle him up to seven. Which is, I mean, good going. This thing, he Jones is not equipped for a haggling economy. He's yeah. as long as he's got the power and sets his ledger. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. And Bitch knows her worth as well. She, <laughs> Bitch knows her she, worth. She knew she could get more out of that guy. You know, she's already basically taken over his island. Yeah. She's really, yeah, she, she knows. <laughs> Bitch knows. So they're cracking on with the coconut harvest and Trader Jones, well, first off, Charlie Chalk does a little bit of magic. Trader Jones doesn't get anywhere to put his book to write on it. So Charlie Chalk takes his cake box hat and pulls a folding table out of it. Yeah, which is a great trick. Who wouldn't want to do that? It, it's it's an okay trick, isn't it's it? It's an amazing trick. Right. You show me a magician who's pulled a table out of a hat, a broom. Okay, I'll take out of a paper bag. You know, a rabbit out of a hat, but a table out of a hat. That is such a specific trick, Will. You know that I can't list a magician <laughs> but, that's done okay, that. Okay, something of comparable size out of a hat. I only know like five magicians, <laughs> and I haven't been watching their careers that closely to know if they've ever done the table and the hat. Right. <laughs> Honestly, though, it's only a folding table, only a small t- folding table. Anyway, that is an okay trick, but this is an episode in which they harvest coconuts. Yeah. And the only trick that he does is to provide a folding table for a large book to sit on. No, then he makes three coconuts disappear. Yeah, but anybody can make things disappear, can't they? It's like the old penny behind your ear trick. Yeah. Well, that's although, to make things appear rather than disappear. Yeah, but you made it disappear first, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You palm it. You palm it in one hand and it's gone and then you make it appear. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, if you can do that with a coconut, that is fairly impressive. Yeah. But it's not, it's not in the realms of... Oh look! I can snap my fingers, and all the coconuts have been harvested. That's true. That's you know, true. Sabrina the teenage witch, she could have done that. That's magic. Okay, <laughs> Charlie Chalk. Mary Poppins could have done Shit. it. So in your ranking, it's like Charlie Chalk, and then Mary Poppins, Sabrina the teenage witch. What are you talking about? You said Mary Poppins. Okay, you're not putting Poppins. In there I wouldn't at all. rank that bitch up there at all. Really? No, no. She's she's mid leagues because her magic is very specific. <laughs> Very specific. She's got a big bag. She blows in with the wind. I don't know. All right, let's let's get through this a bit more. Uh, Eglantine from Bendobs and Broomsticks. What? Higher or lower than Poppins? Well, she's she does spells, but again, they are limited. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> the uh, none of these women, right? Women, yeah, are comparable with Charlie Chalk, who does conjurer's tricks. Okay, all right, I'll take that. I'm giving you my stern eye now because I'm saying I'm not prepared to sit here and rank every magical woman so that you know that Charlie Chalk is the bottom of the heap. (laughs) That's outrageous. I mean, Charlie, there's a lightness and a whimsy. And he also, he admits his own limitations. He sort of goes, oh, you know, I can only do sort of bits and pieces of magic. And Trader Jones was, oh, I wish I could do magic tricks. That's his line for this. He says that, doesn't he? He does say that. And Charlie sort of, you know, warns him it's not all it's cracked up to be and not to keep saying that. But he says it three times. Well, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he says it three times and suddenly we get entrance of Mary the Hover Fairy. Yes, I think, and her song. And her song, uh, one of the new kind of fairies. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's very new. She's kind of an old lady. She's got that very old lady hair. She has. Looks like when you're out in the country and a sheep has left a bit of wool on a fence. That's back to what the that... sheep again, that's it. No, she still comes back to sheep. <laughs> that's what that hair looks like. But she's got silver rimmed glasses. Yeah. And she comes in with a hover hat. And she's about like a foot tall compared to everyone else. She's tiny. She's midget, yeah. And she's she's there and you know she she 
imbues Trader Jones with some magic powers. Yes. And start, he says, basically, I want to move the coconuts from here to my shop. And she goes, okay. So wave your arm and go, uh, Alakazare, coconuts there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's that classic kind of fairy who can't quite remember the words and she gets it all muddled up and is shit, basically. Yeah, so he, he tries that attempt, that doesn't work, and then he tries a different set of words and ends up with Arnold in a tree, I think. And No, Mildred's in a tree. Mildred, Mildred goes in a tree. up the tree. Mildred is not happy about being in a tree. No, uh, no, no. Don't upset Mildred. So then suddenly Mary's wand appears, and her wand's got a name and I didn't write it down. Um, Horatio, I think, or something like that, is the name of her wand. Oh, I, di- I definitely didn't catch that. <laughs> okay, maybe Why would your wand be called Horatio? I don't know, but it's got a mind of its own, because she's lost it, and it comes wandering past. She and... hasn't got a mind of her own. <laughs> and so she corrects everything on uh, Merry Twit. We didn't talk about the island name. Merry Twit. Merry Twit. I do enjoy the island name, yeah. because I think, I think there's something very British about having sort of slightly rude words in kids it's like it's a bit like Roald Dahl or something like that or what did we watch we watched the trapdoor and they had those words that aren't swear words but they're kind of close enough to be safe swear words like globbits and near uh, the knuckle yeah and so yeah Mary Twit is uh, is funny to me I I liked that so Mary the hover fairy the hover fairy is there and Mildred asked her have you ever considered settling down yes which is a wonderful way to proposition a fairy I, you know that I raised my eyebrow at that. Yeah, you did. Because I'd already, I'd got kind of a she don't need no man vibe from Mildred the first episode, Mm -hmm. you know. But I thought maybe she's just a kind of a loner. She's alone in a, a, a ship there and she just doesn't, you know, doesn't get involved in any kind of nonsense. But... When she sees Mary the Hover Fairy... Those eyes light up. She's pretty quick out the gate. <laughs> she, is. she sees something she likes yeah. in that very small elderly woman. <laughs> because she says... She doesn't just say, have you ever considered settling down? Because that could be just a, a kind of, you know, you could come to this island, we're always wanting more people because there's only three of us. One's a fucking clown, one's a hairy nose man, and then there's me. Yeah, we'll um, help you build a house. But she says, if, you, if you'd never come to Merry Twit, A, I would never have met a very interesting person, and B, not met an excellent first mate. And it's like, she's literally... She's almost asked her to marry her. Yeah, she didn't ask the Charlie s- if he wanted to move in and be her first mate. Absolutely not. No, no, no. no because... And she and Trady Jones aren't uh, living together, so she's... No, no, no. Yeah. That is not Mildred's vibe. <laughs> I am sorry. It is obvious. It is obvious to me. She, and she, yeah, she's just... As soon as she sees Mary the Hover Fairy, she just says it. Yeah. She just puts it all out there. You know, that's I really respect that. Yeah. Because and- she doesn't mince her words... And she doesn't you beat know, around the bush. You know, I was. <laughs> you know, I was trying to avoid saying that. You know, I was trying to avoid those words. No, she just she just asked her to move in, and you know, Mary's game. Mary's game for it. She's she's on board. She's in. oh yeah 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 no she's she well up for it too. In. Yeah. So it's a happy ending to that episode. It is absolutely, and I, I, I presume they went to went on to live together for many years of happiness. Because yeah, I, Mary comes back in later episodes. Obviously, we haven't seen, mm-hmm. but only thirteen episodes of Charlie Chalk, which to my mind is a crime. Is it? It is. I really like Charlie Chalk. I think it's bright and light and happy, and I want more of it. So that brings us to the question then, Liz. Charlie Chalk, how do you like me now? Okay, well. I have no nostalgic memories of this, so I'm really just coming to this as an adult, but 
I thought it was okay. You know, if you do have nostalgic memories, I can see how it would be fine to go back and watch it, and it's quite sweet and everything. And you could maybe, maybe get away with showing this to a kid. But for me, it was only all right for me. Okay, well, see, for me, this is just solid gold. This just brought so much joy back to me going back to this. This was one of my favourite things as a kid, and I had a good feeling going into it. As soon as that those opening credits started, I was like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm right there. And for me, there's nothing not to like about this. It is bright, it's cute, it's got some funny jokes in it, it's got nice characters, great voices. You know, this is the thing, you can stick this in front of kids, it's got enough silliness to keep them engaged, I think. This, for me, is up there, you know, you meet people who've got like an obsession over the magic roundabout? Right. Like they, I don't really. Okay, I went to school with a couple of people who basically their parents weren't massively into the magic roundabout and had just shown them that as kids and they were obsessed with it. There was a lot less going on in the West Country. But that's, this is the thing, right? I feel the same sort of way about Charlie Chalk. It is great and I would recommend it to anyone to watch because what's not, what's not to like? You know, this is like, for me, this is like the trap door. What is not to like about this? You stick this in front of kids, nothing bad is going to happen as a result. Nothing, you know, there's nothing in there in these two episodes. You've gone, oh, that's a bit off. You know, there's no character called Lois Pedo, you know. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> so I think it's great, and that, you know, I feel very happy to watch this again and would recommend it to anyone. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and put anyone off. Okay. You've got nothing else to do. Fair enough, I'll take that. I'll take that. Well, Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. Hey, if you're enjoying How Do You Like Me Now and want to get involved more with the show, why not follow us on Twitter at HDYLMN1 or on Instagram at How Do You Like Me and get involved. We'll be running polls so you can choose what shows we're watching or what shows Liz is most likely to hate. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please like, rate, subscribe, review our show. It all helps and it's really appreciated. Thanks a lot and keep listening. This is a Standard Nerds podcast.